Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. I met Ruth Brennan-Mori on a gorgeous seaside soccer field in Spain. When we discovered we both lived in Minnesota and had a mutual friend, well, I knew she'd have to join me on this podcast, and I think you'll enjoy our extensive conversation. Tune in to find out why. Former D1 soccer player on a conference championship team third place in her first marathon with a time of 3 hours and 15 minutes. Professional triathlete with several top 5 finishes, PhD in counseling psychology, and oh yeah, a wife and mother of 3. In her spare time, Ruth Brennan Mori may actually be a superhero. In part 1 of our talk, we're going to discuss where she grew up, her passion for soccer, an impactful coach, and a key lesson that she learned as she ascended to become a pro athlete. Let's jump in right now. Well, I am so honored to have as a guest today, Dr. Ruth brennan Mori. Ruth, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm thrilled to be here talking to you, Sean. Thanks for having me. Well, Ruth, you and I had a chance to meet all the way across the world. Even though we're both from Minnesota, we met in Sitges, Spain at a coaching course with Todd Bean and Tovo. Now, one of the other things we quickly discovered is that we had a mutual friend. That's right. Gemma Merrick, who you know as one of the the parents on one of your son's teams. I played with her in club soccer growing up. Yeah, she is just a phenomenal human being. Well, I got to tell you as a coach, one of my favorite seasons ever was coaching with Gemma. Like, you know, her son Ty was, was on my team for several seasons and I'd ask her every season, Gemma, will you help me coach? Will you help me coach? And just timing didn't work. She had a, you know, a uh, son Keen as well. But one season she finally said yes. And we had so much fun coaching. So that was uh, really, really a special treat. And we've stayed in touch, even though our sons are on different teams now. What was she like as a teammate? She was always the leader on the the team. Nobody ever doubted that she deserved to be the leader because she led by example and by words and by encouragement. She was kind of the model teammate that, that we would want. She was very analytical, but also very supportive and super just positive and bubbly. And always there, there was always hope on the soccer field uh, with Gemma. And, um, you know, those are the things that you remember as a as a teammate when somebody has such a strong character. You know that they're in the world somewhere right now that's thriving um, mm. with their experiences that they've had growing up. There's so many different things about you that I find so fascinating. But before we get into some of those things, I want to just start off with tell me where you kind of grew up and, and what your childhood was like. Well, I grew up here in Rochester, Minnesota, where I am living right now. I uh, grew up with a ball at my feet. <laughs> and, you know, I, I tell people that when I, whenever I was feeling sad, I would have a ball at my feet when I was feeling happy, ball at my feet, frustrated, disappointed, angry, joyful. There was always a ball at my feet growing up. Um, and my neighbor friends that I run into now, they remember that, you know, little tomboy girl at the in my front yard just playing either by myself with the boys. It was just like this love, this passion that I, that I had with with the ball. So I grew up in Rochester. And we had a really solid team growing up. And um, then I played with Gemma on a um, Twin Cities team, then went on to play at Wisconsin. 
What was your favorite childhood sports-related memory? I think, I don't know why, this always jumps back at, at, at me. I was probably U10, and my grandparents who uh, lived, my grandparents and my parents are from Ireland, and they came over for a game, and they were probably, I don't know, mid-70s, and they came over to the United States for for a game just to, to watch and to visit, and I remember them on the sidelines, and I just wanted to... I just wanted to impress, you know, the grandparents. I didn't know them very well because they lived in a different country. And um, and I remember a game where I, I think I scored four goals or so. But it was just like everything was firing on all cylinders. And I was very aware of them. And I, you know, wanted to make them proud. And and really, you know, I think that's a, a testament to, to children. Like we want to do well for adults. We want to, you know, put on our best selves for adults. And I remember just feeling so free in that game. And uh, yeah, so it's funny that a U10 game would come into mind. Which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? I would have to say my coach growing up was Dr. Charles Abood, and he has been coaching for probably, he just, in 2020, during COVID, he retired, but he was coaching for about 45 years, and his daughter was on my team, Lana, and uh, his son played for a Minnesota professional team back then, Mark Abood, and Dr. Abood was, he was a physician here in Rochester, but he was a silent leader who led just by his presence alone. It was like, again, everyone respected him in such a way that we were willing to do anything for him and anything kind of for each other. He was such an encouraging and thoughtful coach that you he's one of those guys that you remember kind of how you felt with him um, instead of really what he said to you or different technical changes that you need to needed to make. I know right now, if I think about it, visualize it, I can feel the way that I felt growing up with with Dr. Abood at the helm. So he was, you know, he he called us lions on the field, you know, and if we were called a lion on the field, that was like we were doing a really good job. And we had that would just lift our spirits and we would feel so confident on the field. Ruth, you're a lion. You know, he was from he was from the Middle East. So he had a fantastic accent. And, you know, he had the smell of uh, of cigars in his car. But he was just that really solid leader that you just felt so valued um, as a player. And he was my coach from maybe U, U10 to U15, 16. Ruth, what was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenge or defeat growing up? I feel like I'm still growing up. <laughs> um, my most recent memories uh, with professional triathlon, when I was a, a professional triathlete and from 2013 to 2018, I felt like during those years, I truly learned what it means to be an athlete. You know, not just a soccer player. I learned the kind of the holistic uh, approach to the complexity of being an athlete, but also what it requires to be a high level athlete. 
And I think that the greatest lesson that I learned from triathlon was that process orientation is critical. Every day you put in the bricks that it takes to build a house and it takes so much patience. It's in its daily work, right? It's atomic habits, putting in the daily work to become who you really want to be. And when I say who I want to be, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have said that when I was a kid, I want to play soccer so that I could be this one person. But as a professional triathlete, I strove to lead with my character and to make sure that I was becoming who I wanted to be, not just achieve what I wanted to do. And I think that when I lead with who I want to be, and that's how I teach my kids too, that everything else falls into place. What do I do with a defeat? Well, I accept, take responsibility, um, I learn and move on. Um, And I think that that is probably the greatest takeaway that I really felt that I just didn't put words to that, you know, when I got a disqualification in a race, I still had to wake up the next day and train. I still had to kind of put that aside and and move on. Sean, I've been in sports for so long. I mean, I now am 46 years old and I just qualified for the Olympic trials. And when I was 44 and and ran in those. So I feel like I'm still an athlete, but I wish that I had what I have in my mind and what I've the lessons that I've learned as a child. But I'm blessed to be a coach so that I can teach my kids in my care everything that I've learned. So That was well said, Ruth. When you reflect upon just all the success that you've had, I mean, you, you played at the University of Wisconsin, uh, highly successful there. And again, you're saying like into your 40s, this, you know, Olympic caliber athlete. Is there something that you just wish you would have sort of adopted early? I know for me, from what I've learned now to when I was younger, I just wish I would have taken stretching more seriously. I wish that I would have taken nutrition more seriously. I wish that I would have uh, just, like you said, the process, just the fact that every day just doing a little something. I remember talking to Jalen Suggs' father, and uh, Larry would tell Jalen and Chet, you know, who are both going to be NBA players, that he would tell them 15, 20 minutes a day, every single day, just work on something by yourself related to basketball, and it will pay off. For sure. I think that, you know, what I say is outcomes uh, change your resume, but process changes your character. And I think that that just nails it for me. I wish that I would not have spent so much time being preoccupied on outcome growing up and more occupied with who I wanted to be. And I think that the if I was to say one thing, I wouldn't have changed how much time and passion that I have for the game. That's that was that was just in my blood and and grew and I just nurtured that every day. I just loved it. But the mental side of sports, I'm realizing as a professional athlete, but also, you know, in my academics and sports psychology and my master's program and now as a mental skills coach, the mental side is the difference maker. It is everything. It doesn't matter how technically gifted you are. If you have low confidence, you're not going to be able to show those skills as well as you could. When you think that you are the best player on the team and that you ha- that you are fearless and that you truly believe those things that you're telling yourself, 
the narrative that we tell ourselves as athletes create who we are as athletes. And I wish that I would have known that. I think especially in college, um, mm-hmm. I had three great years and one head case year. I wish I would have kind of known the power of, of mental skills back then. That's so true. One of my favorite books I've ever read is called Battlefield of the Mind, you know, which was written by uh, Joyce Meyer, who's a pretty well-known pastor, but just love how she articulates just her own challenges that she went through and just how, you know, her mindset was so critically important to changing her life. You know, no, that's, that's great insight there. We sort of touched on this, but I'd be interested to take this sort of uh, one step further. What's one thing you would tell your 8, 12, or 16-year-old self? I think I would go back to the power of mindset. I really would. I think that I would tell that little girl the narrative that you create within yourself is the story that will unfold. Um, And I think that... I would, I, you know, it's sports have changed from when I was, when I was young growing up, I didn't think about college until I was 17 years old. You know, I didn't think about my resume or videos or VAO. I don't even know what that's called, you know, video performance. I wasn't performing for anyone. I was just showing up at the pitch and it was so, it was so pure and so innocent. And I was with my buddies and there wasn't outside distractions and there wasn't phones and there wasn't, you know, so I felt like I had I don't think I would have changed a whole lot in terms of growing up, except maybe mindset going into my um, collegiate career. I really feel like I was very blessed as a as a youth athlete to have great experiences of, you know, um, making the regional team, going over to, to Europe and playing uh, with Gemma and, and some other players with April Heinrich and some other great coaches that um, that I was privileged to learn from. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.